0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Gutter to Gutter Podcast. This week I'm joined by Troy Worsley of Warspeed Industries. Troy has built the Warspeed name into one of the most reliable names in Australia when it comes to building high-end engines. From wild to wild, Troy builds it all and although a high percentage of engines coming out of his shop are LS-based, he loves a challenge and can build anything you put in front of him. You can check out his work on Facebook by searching Warspeed Industries. So without any further ado, here is Troy Worsley. Hello everyone! Welcome to another episode of Gutter to Gutter podcast. I'm Static, and tonight I'm joined by Troy Warsley of War Speed Industry. Troy, how are you, mate?
1: Mate, very good, thank you.
0: That's the way, um, mate. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh... 40-year-old, Aussie male, um, engine builder for God, as long as I can remember. Um, yeah, I, I don't know anything else other than building engines and, uh, yeah, married three kids and, yeah, engines is, uh, you know, the the passion after his, the other four Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Nice. So how long have you been building engines for?
1: Um, I started in the trade in 1995. Right. Um, so I've been doing this twenty year, 20 What's that? Twenty five years now. Yep. Uh, but I've been around it my whole life. My father's a mechanic. Yep. My grandfather was a mechanic. Um, I don't like cars in in a right. nicest way possible. I love engines, but I hate cars. Yeah. Right. Um, so I used to hang out at my father's workshop from when I was four till I was fifteen. Yep. Um, and I loved hanging out there, but I hated working on cars. So um, it was my father that pushed me to so go and do an engineering conditioning course. Yep. Um, so I took that upon him, and yeah, when as soon as I could leave school, the day I could leave, I I left and, yeah, never looked back. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. I know, um, I've known a few engine reconditioners um, in my time and, and they've all been the same. Like, they've loved to build engines, but hate yep. to work on a car. <laughs> yeah. So, they've always got a mechanic off to the side. Yep. Like, hey, can you come and help us with this? Yep, Yeah. But as far as that goes, they, they don't want any part of it. Yeah, nah, Build the know. engine Center and they're all the good. Door. Yep, yep. yep. Um, so, I guess, um, at what point did you know that that's what you wanted to do?
1: Um. I guess uh, I grew up around racing, so I, uh, it was always going to happen. Um, yeah. I've got two brothers; one's a cabinet maker, one's a, one's a Sparky. Yeah. Um, so one of us had to follow in Dad's footsteps, and yeah, I just loved it, did it uh, from the age of yeah. You know, as I said, I hung out at my Dad's workshop from the age of four years old. Yep. Yeah. But we used to ski race when I was younger. So right, okay. from when I was five years old, I learned to ski when I was three. Yeah. And then from five, I went in my first ski race. So I was growing up around big block chevs and you know, blowing big blocks and blowing and turbo and stuff. Yep. So it was, it was gonna happen. It's Whether I liked it in, or not, it was just, just gonna blood. happen. It's yeah,
0: just in yeah. the blood, yeah. So, yeah. Nice, well I guess, what what's the first engine you ever built?
1: Um, the first engine i probably ever built was ironically a Toyota Corolla engine, uh, yep. which is my own engine. Yep. Um, so when I did my trade, I, I did work experience at the company I worked at uh, so my father was the one that prompted me to become an engineering conditioner. He said, go apply at this company, see if I'll take you on work experience. Yep. I went there within two days, they offered me a full-time job. Uh, and then I stayed there for 12 years after that. Oh, wow. um, but I didn't build, I built one engine in 12 years and that was my own engine. Yep. The, other, the other first 12 years was literally doing all the machining and stuff and making sure that it was ready to go in the room for the engine builder there to build. Yep. Um, so yeah, there was one engine in, in 12 years and that was my own little... 5k Toyota crawler engine yeah yeah well we've reproduced that now but yeah we'll get to that later we'll get to that but, later um, yeah. yeah so that was the first engine I built yeah
0: wow okay so in that 12 years where that's the only engine you got to build mm-hmm. how antsy were you to try and get into that engine room and start building were you, um, or were you just happy to sort of take it on and just no
1: I I, I progressed through it um, I feel I came into the engine trade the right way yep. um, a lot of engine builders will be mechanics come engine builders or yeah Tink it in their shed and they've built their own engine and they've, and they've made a name for themselves because they've built their mate's engine and their engine. Yep. Um, I was always taught to, you know, you need to know how to measure because if you can measure it and you can, and you know what you're measuring, then you'll be able to build an engine successfully. Um, so I was happy to do the engine machining side of things um, and know that I was giving them to the engine builder at the shop that I worked at yep. and he didn't have to then bring it out of the engine room and back to me to fix it. So he said, if you can get it right, I can put it together. And if you can get it right out there, it'll go together right in the room, and you'll be yeah. able to do
0: it yourself. So,
1: yeah, I didn't really have a passion to build them
0: until after I left there. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So I guess with, with, with on that, you've given him all these parts, you've machined everything up, and and you're pretty happy with it. Are you kind of sweating while he's sitting in that room building that motor, that uh, hoping nothing comes out, or are you just busy doing other stuff? Yeah, no. I mean, we, it was a, it was a very high turnover shop, so it was sort of
1: machine it send it machine it send it yeah and and you forget about that move on to the next one it was probably one of the elite shops in sydney you know in the in the mid 90s and, and early 2000s yeah um it was yeah it was one of the better machine shops around yeah um so obviously that meant higher workloads yeah um the two owners of the business when i started there were were at their end of their life in the in the engine game and i was fresh and ready to go yeah um so i took on a you know a new lease on life in that shop and yeah, I ended up running the whole shop for him. Um, oh, you know, awesome! Within whilst I was still within my apprenticeship, yeah, um, I was running it for him, and uh, yeah, they ended up selling on later on. But um, yeah, I, I wasn't so nervous about it coming back out because yeah, you your didn't want to stuff up, so it was yeah, yeah the old the old rule of a uh, rule of thumb is measure twice, cut once. Yep. Um, so that stuck in my head then all the way through till now. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so what was the first engine you built under the War Speed banner?
1: The first engine I had to actually go look, and look back and look and I keep a record of everything I build. Yep. So my first build sheet in my folder this morning when I had a look before I came here was for a car called Mutiny for Craig Witt's right. um, second burnout car that he had. So he had a Cut Sick and he's yep. released a, a Mutiny, which was some leftover parts out of Cut Sick. Yep. So that was the first engine that was completed in my in my build sheet. Yeah. Awesome. awesome.
0: How long how long ago was that?
1: So that would have been I started in um, Around March, April, two thousand and sixteen. Yep. So War Speed itself had been has been running a long, long time. Yep. But never did I grow a set and step up and and, <laughs> and take it to the next level. Um. So yeah, two thousand and sixteen was when when it became D Day. Yep. To step up and go right. This is a full time job for me now. Let's have a go.
0: Right. Yep. So in that time, were you working out of a garage or? Um.
1: Yeah. What? So when I when I started in in the you know that, that March March, April of two thousand and sixteen, my father has got a mechanical shop at Blacktown. Yep. Um. So I rang him up and said, "Can I uh, have a small corner of your workshop?" Um, and Dad, being a Dad, yeah, was never going to stand in my way, so he said yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, we started started out of there. But yeah, you know, as I say, over over a long period of time, I'd always done a lot of cylinder heads for other companies and a lot of people, yep. you know, from from job customers that I had from the '90s all the way through, and had done stuff from home and had a cylinder head shop set up in the back of my garage, um, and it just progressed. But yeah, the the full on deal started in in '16. Yeah, yeah, yep.
0: that's awesome. Um, so, with, with the motors that you build, you've dedicated uh, a lot of time to making your engines like, very well presented. So, like, you, could, you could have one of your engines in your car and, and not have the bonnet and it's just really well presented and yep. looks really clean. Um, what was the driving factor behind that?
1: Um, I, I guess a bit of the background with boats. Yep. Um, a boat doesn't have a bonnet, yep. so it had to be presented nicely. Um, I worked for a guy for a couple of years who was a, a customer of mine. I was doing cylinder heads for, and then I, I went on to work with him in his to help in his engine department at a yep. company called um, Priest Family Marine, uh, who was probably you know one of the elite ski race boat builders in Australia. Yep. Um, and his presentation to detail was very very high. Um, everything was about billet, and this was back before billet became sort of a, yep. a mainstream thing. Yep. Um, so him and a very good friend of mine, Wayne Newby, who's the top uh, top fuel. Dragster driver. Yep. He's got a machine shop down at uh, Smithfield that does CNC machining and stuff. Yep. So between those two guys, you know, newbie was making them for pre Family Marine. I was getting to fit them out and build them and build the engine stuff. That sort of started my my passion for having a you know a package needs to look good. You, yeah, you know You're going to get an engine built. Whether your mate's a lawyer or an accountant or a mechanic or a excavator operator, the first thing he's going to come up and say he doesn't know what he's looking at. Well, you might, but yep. he's going to come up and say, "Give us a look at your engine." Yeah. So you don't want to pop your bonnet; it looks disgusting. It's got to, even if you spend a thousand dollars or if you spend a hundred thousand dollars, it's got to look. It's got to yeah. look right. So, yeah, it's it's just you get a car painted; it's got to look right. An engines, yeah. an engine's built; it's got to look right. So, yeah, it's, um,
0: it's one of those things. Like especially with an LS engine, um, you look at one of those; they're not an attractive motor at all, no are engine. they? Yeah, you pop the bonnet <laughs> on a all; they're
1: ugly. So yeah, we 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 you know wanted to tidy them up. Yeah. Um, and I feel you know, and especially having good relationships with the guys that do my CNC machining for me like Sean's yep. custom alloy his his growth has grown with us because you know he would he would sell a set of customers rock rock covers one at a time to people yeah we now ring him up and you know we might get 30 sets of rock covers a week out of him now right uh, up. but he has now been able to bring that up for other engine shops as well so yep. you know where we I feel we sort of maybe pave the way for having an exclusive cover with our name on it yep. every time Um and now other shops you see out there are now doing the same thing. So it's a win-win for, it's a win-win for everyone, whether for everyone, it's my cover, yeah. or it's anyone's cover, or any engine shop. Yep. You know, who cares? As long as people are getting to build, you know, cool stuff and the customer gets a great engine at the end of it, yep. man, it's a win-win for, for all industries in Australia because we're all engine builders or we're all manufacturers or whatever. And while it's an Australian product being made, it's, it's kick-ass, yeah.
0: That's it. So. The, the the rising ocean yeah. lifts, lifts all ships. hundred yeah. percent, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um... So how many engines would you say you build per year?
1: Um, it's probably dropped a little bit now. Yep. Um we we would run probably on about 50 engines a year. Yep. Um, and it's only me in the shop, so it's very very hard. Um but uh, I decided a couple of years ago that I wanted to up my parts side of things yep. and hence the billet rocker covers and stuff like that. So we do sell, you know, a lot of other cover, other a lot of covers and other parts we design yep. and make now to other engine shops. So that then has dragged my engine production down a little bit, yep. but we're sending more shop, more parts out the door. Yep. So it's been a little bit hard, but I'd say we'd be still sitting on about 40 engines a year, yep. um, but I'm also servicing, you know, where I used to maybe service 10 customers, you know, outside of my engines. Now I've got an inventory of probably about 300 customers that we're servicing, yep. um, as in engine shops and wholesalers and end users, now on a regular basis, like every week we're supplying stuff, you know, so we might yep. be sending 20 to 30 parcels out the door a day of, of rock covers or alternator kits or, you know, camp yep. sharp packages or whatever. So that that eats in my engine building time. So, yeah, yeah it's
0: but hard. It, I guess it would kind of offset that time with the, 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 I guess, the revenue it's bringing in as well. 100%, yeah. yeah. It was always a plan yeah. that
1: I would like to see the engine parts, I think, grow over a 10-year period. Yep. So when I'm 50 or 60 years old and I'm slowing down, I can still have an income coming from the parts. Yeah, The two never would have worked separately. I never would have been able to enter into an engine uh, 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 parts business without the engine shop. If I just had opened up a pop-up parts store without my engines, I don't think yep. it would have worked because anyone can do that but yeah. we've been lucky that our engines have paved the way to be able to sell our parts that's right so, yeah.
0: they've got a look that you've that you've achieved yeah yeah and, and reliability pay, and build from builds yeah. and stuff like that so they want
1: the same parts we put into our engines now so yeah. it's been a it's been a no-brainer and it's good for us because our inventory has gone up and yeah. because it's mainly ls-based if I don't sell it, I'll use it. So it's not really yeah. dead stock on the on the shelf, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to go and carry you know build stuff for a six on Holden because it'll it'll
0: never sell. It'll just sit there and but gather the the dust. But LS yeah. stuff, if I don't yep. sell it, I'll use it. I'm glad you brought that up actually because the next question was uh, what percentage of the motors that you build are LS based?
1: Um, yeah, it'll be sitting on about 95 percent now. Yeah, I never thought it'd be a one one engine shop.
0: Yeah, um,
1: but I'm actually digging it. I'm I'm, I'm liking yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Um. So what, um, what sort of applications do you build for? Like drift, drag, uh, street, boats, like yeah, you mentioned? So sort of everything? Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: it's changing all the time. It's always evolving. Yep. Um, we do a lot of tough street cars. We do a lot of um, circuit work as well, power crews, burnout events, um, drag cars. You know, a little bit of drift. It's not so much um, yep. a huge amount of drift stuff. Um, circuit boats, yeah, it's always always changing. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, the flavor of the month is turbo stuff. A year or so ago, everyone wanted a blown eight seven one hanging out the bonnet. Yep. I found that has gone down a little bit, and now we're moving into guys yeah, that want yeah thousand horsepower base. turbo car. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yep. So yeah. So out of out of all your, of all the styles that you do build for, what what's your preferred? What what do you prefer to build a motor for?
1: Um, I don't think you can beat the look of an eight seven one twin carbureted, blown. I'm going to say VK Commodore because that's what everyone wants at the moment. Um, yeah, I just don't think you can beat that look. That has yeah. that just has pure street cred in my opinion. Like you yeah. can put a hat on it, you can do whatever you want, but nothing beats the look of twin carbs with two cane and filters hanging out of the bonnet. Yeah. I just think that's just got the that's got the look at me.
0: Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so the average average um, output, like engine or power output that people are chasing these days has gone up like quite substantially in the like. Let's say live in the last five years. Yeah, definitely. Um, what kind of what kind of power are people chasing these days? Thousands a number. A thousand. Yeah. That's, yeah. Used used to, I was going to say it used <laughs> to be that five hundred, and that wasn't too long ago, yep. was it? Yep. And I mean, yeah, you look at a you look at a five hundred horsepower car. That's that's no no, no five hundred horsepower on the streets. Is, you know what it's what I mean? like, still a fast car. Most people wouldn't be able to handle that. No, definitely not. Um, so to double that, and and I don't know, is it just to hit that magic number? Is it's, that what it it's is? It's all social media driven. Yeah. Um, everyone
1: thinks they need a thousand. Let's yeah. be honest, they probably don't. Even if a thousand horsepower streetcar, they don't use it. They never they never they never see that thousand. Yeah. Um four hundred horsepower in a streetcar is more than adequate in my opinion. Yeah. And realistically a well set up four hundred horsepower streetcar will beat a thousand horsepower streetcar every day of the week. Um but it's just the number. Everyone wants to have what John down the road's got. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's that's the number and it's going up. Yeah. You know, our inquiries now go from that thousand to Guys that want thirteen to fifteen hundred, um, and you've got to sit down and, and educate him and ask him, do you really need that number, yeah. or not? And, you know, and I've talked customers out of building engines with me. I had a customer years ago that came to me. He was a young guy. And he wanted a blown injected alcohol LS, yep. and I tried to talk him out. I tried to talk him into buying a house, uh, <laughs> and he didn't listen. And, and I got the job because I was so, you know honest to him and told him not to do it that he said I want to do it more because you've been so good to me yeah um, so, and, and it you know became on to be a well known car and he's just sold it now and he's buying a house but um yeah,
0: yeah he had his fun before he did that there, there's a lot to be said about like, uh, something like that like you see someone come through the door wanting to build that kind of motor yeah and you know like, there's, there's dollar signs flying everywhere. 100% yeah but yeah. You're, you're happy enough to go it's, I do it it's actually I like not what you it. want yeah. you know? but like, my, it's,
1: it's a business don't be wrong yeah. and it supports me and my family yeah um but I do it because I'm passionate about. It. I love yeah. it. I jump out of bed to go to work every day. I don't jump out of bed to see dollar signs.
0: Man, I wish I knew what that was. Like. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just feel.
1: I feel in business. Um, what I've learned the last, you know, few years is that the day you become focused on a dollar sign is the day you've lost interest in your business. Yep. When you're passionate about going to work every day and you're you're dead set loving what you do, you're not working. I'm yep. not working.
0: That's right. I go out
1: there and hang out, and you know, I do spend people's money. Yes, don't be wrong. Yep. But like I build every engine like it's my own engine and you know, I'm lucky that most of my customers give me uh they'll give me an idea but they let me finish it off to how I want to do it. So yeah, yeah it's it's pretty cool.
0: Nice. So when you're when you're looking at um building like a thousand horsepower engine, there's obviously a lot of moving parts in an engine. What's your, what's kinda of your main concern to sort of hold on to that sort of power figure? Um,
1: reliability is obviously key. Yeah. Um having a good concrete plan in motion before we do anything is our biggest point. Yeah. Um so when they come to me I need to know one, their budget. Two, application, three, what fuel and all that, who their tuner is and who they're gonna to get to build the car. And if any all those things don't add up, we'll walk away from the job. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it takes it takes a team to make the dream work. Yep. And if we haven't got the team around us, the dream's never gonna work. So we've gotta have the right tuners, we've got to have the right, you know, computer guys and all yep. that. And we've we got it we've got a, we've got a, a wide group of people around with that we can we can bounce off in every state now yep. um, and work with and, and recommend people to go there um, sometimes you know some of the people I've never even heard of that our customers want to use um, but you know we, we'll we'll consult throughout the, the equation but yeah yep. for us reliability making sure that the engine is built to last yep um, we may not be the dearest we may not be the cheapest but I'll give them an engine back that will have the components to suit that build that they're going to do at the time so right. yeah if they've got a budget that doesn't suit the power yep then we'll have to pull reins on and say your budget doesn't suit that power it doesn't doesn't yeah. fit in and here and we yet. can provide you an engine that will handle this power to suit your budget yeah.
0: yeah yeah that's really cool and the fact that you've got a like a network of people in other states now means yeah you can you can happily kind of ship that motor to someone in a yep. state yeah
1: and a lot of our stuff is a lot of our yep. stuff now engines is you know it's on pallet it's out of here like we yep. you know we we've sort of changed over the last few years whereas it, Used to be a lot of private customers. Now it is a lot of workshop work. So we're, yeah, you know, sending stuff to to other workshops, and we're not actually really having to deal with the customer. We're dealing with the with the workshop, And yep. then they've got their systems in place that they can do then. And so it's actually not it's not a bad it's not a bad thing. Yeah. So they
0: they're kind of acting as a middleman now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah. So it works good for us. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So yeah, they they kind of know that they they already know what the customer wants. They can pass it on to you. To me, yep, yep. You can you can make it. Yeah, it's per, one phone order. Troy. Yeah, it's one
1: phone yep. Troy. 1,000 horsepower package to make happen, done. I don't have to be having, you know, 15 phone calls a day from Th- the customer. Those, those follow-up phone yeah, calls going, how's it going? I exactly. There. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm very time poor. Yeah. Uh, when you've got that much work on and it's one person. Yeah. Um, one phone call for 10 minutes is, you know, that's 10 minutes I never get back. Yeah. Um, so by dealing with the, you know, not, I'm not saying that we're knocking back doing private work. Yeah. But, um, you know, having to, that having that, that benefit of dealing with some of the workshops yep. um, has been really good for us. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um... So you, you were talking about um, doing the machining. Do you, do you do all your machining in-house now? or I
1: do partially, yep. um, and I can do all of it because yep. I obviously was a machinist, yep. um, but I've chosen to not do as much. Uh, we do our cylinder head machining, we do some other... Some other aspects of the of the engine machining, yep. but the majority of the bulk of the machining is is sublet out to. Um, now I'm up to using three different machine shops at the moment. Yep. Uh, because I've got my preferred one one or two shops, a local one, and another one in Penrith yep. that we prefer to give most of our stuff to. Um, but they're struggling to keep up with what I'm giving them, yeah, uh, as right. well as obviously their own work as yeah, well. Yep. Um, so we're up to three machine shops that we're bouncing off on a on a daily basis now. Yep. Um, yeah. So I as I say I can use all the machines. I could do it. But for me, I would, I would expend, I would spend money to not make any more money, yep. because I would be taking myself from one job to do another job. Whereas right now, I can trust my guys; they know that I'm a hard ass on them when, when the machine's not right, as yep. as I was when I was an apprentice. That's had to right. Had it yep. back to me right. Yep. So they know that I'm going to measure it. I'm going to check it because. I'm the they, same trade as them.
0: They don't want it coming back on them. Exactly. Too.
1: Yep. So I get it back. I know that it's right. I'm still going to measure it, but I know that I'm not going to have to send it back. Yep. So I can be in the engine room building an engine rather than being trying to out there run a machine. Yep. And I'm not in the engine build engine room building an engine. So it's it's very hard. If I had staff, yep. different situation. But I don't want staff. Uh, I just want it to be a, a, you know, a one man business as, as long as it can be. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. That's sort of how we sort of roll with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so obviously, you know, you're not in a, that engine room building engines, that money's not coming in. That's right, so yeah. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is obviously, you know, like, to, to machine like a, a crankshaft, so it could take you hours. A hundred percent, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And the, the, you know, I'm not in the room building engines, so the dollar value's not there. Yeah. It's easier to pay a guy to do it. Yeah. I get it back, we wash it, we clean it, we measure it, we check it, it's yep. in the engine already, Yeah. whereas otherwise, I've got to grind it, and then I'm not putting the engine together in the room, and the... And the the, the list to go out the door is you're just going to keep stockpiling up, yep. and there's going to be more coming in than what's going out, and I can't yep. have that. can not have that. Run out of room. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, so, what engine or like engine series has been your favourite to
1: build? Um, I guess well, we're moving now into a series with the with the Super Ute contract that sort of yep. uh has we've been working with for this whole year, uh, and it really came out in the last sort of week or so that we'd be. Would be the contract engine supplier for that series. Yep. So I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the development we have done with with four engines so far this year has been really cool. Um. So that will be that's that's paving the way for next year. Yep. Uh, previous to that, I guess um it was never it was never really a series or anything that was a control type of deal. It was just whatever came in the door yep. basis. Um. But yeah, I do I do uh, I do like you know uh, uh, control type of racing. Yep. Um power crews and all that that's you know I'm not going to knock back that event that's a cool event yep um to me it's not it's not me I like to see a bit more structure like I need a lap or I need a I need a something that you're that you're trying to race towards or achieve um kicking a you know a mad skid down the straight is is good for the the guy that's driving the car but it's not good for a result for for me that I like to strive for and I've always been a A results driven person when I was ski racing or go-karting and 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 business I like to see a result for what we do Um, so I guess when we've done circuit cars or we've done drag cars and we've done our circuit boats those types of things you know inspire me more because we're seeing a result at the end of the weekend for the customer
0: you're not just Uh, seeing a cloud of smoke no yeah exactly
1: not seeing a guy just you know banging tires on it all weekend yeah Um, we're seeing it you know we're seeing okay you've come second but we really need to be first what are we going to do? How are we going to make 10 more horsepower? What are we going to do? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, those different types of calories. A result-driven engine, yeah, obviously, yeah. Is, is what I like doing. Yeah,
0: awesome. awesome. What's been your most memorable motor to build?
1: Um, I mean, there's been a fair few. We've, you know, we're doing some programs with a, with a, a drag car in Queensland. Um, memorable or probably most well-known engine would be a car called Holt type um, purely because the car's been through four hands. I've never had the engine back, and yeah. um, every owner that's bought the car has become a, has become a, a customer without actually giving me any money because they've, they've never done anything for me. <laughs> but the car just keeps changing hands and changing hands, and yeah, you know, it was one of the it was probably in the first five or ten engines we built when we first started. Yeah, um, and it's still going now, and it's been to every you know power cruiser and all those sorts of stuff. Yeah. but just the sheer of being able to convert hands four times. And the car forever is broken social media with, you know, skids and all yeah. the wrong things. Um, so it's a very, you know, well known, memorable car because it just yeah, yeah. how cool it was of everything that it's done to yeah, to promote us, I guess. Um yeah, yeah it was it was a, a few cool companies were involved in it, myself and and two sus were involved in it, Medina Tires. Um, so all these companies, um, and the original owner Anthony when he built it like it was just a it was just a cool car for everyone to be involved in. Um, and yeah, and to continue on into more and more hands and everyone's just been able to kill that car or try and kill the car try and, they and can't kill, and kill it. Yeah. It's been
0: cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So what is it? You said it was one of the first 10 engines you built. Was that in, in your shop or? Yeah. Yeah. So I built that in my father's shop. so yeah. Okay. So that's what? About four, 16, about yeah. four years ago yeah, yeah. that you built yep. that? Yeah. It's gone through that many hands. They've all tried to have, had their go at trying to kill yeah. it. Cannot kill it. And it's not come back yet. No. No so That's um there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, it's it? it's yeah.
1: uh yeah, yeah, there was only a video popped up on the internet today yeah. and uh, that the second owner had, you know, baked the tires massively in a drive through at McDonald's and it was all like "Yeah." <laughs> and I and I actually just when I saw it pop up I just messaged him I said, Man, that was the best there was yeah. and uh, he's like, Man, I wish I never sold the car, you know. Yeah. And he was the second owner, so yeah. Yeah. And the third fourth owner now was only at work the other day and uh, changed a few things around because he wants to street drive more so he's lowered the manifold down and yep. done bits and pieces but um, yeah, I still haven't seen the engine back so yeah, it's yep. pretty cool. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Um, let's get into talking about your Corolla. Yes, yep. Um, I have nothing here, there's no questions. Yep. We'll just have a little bit of a chat about it. Um, what, did, what is it, just with?
1: 1979 model, K38 wagon, yep. four-door wagon. Yeah, it's um, a bit left field for what I do Yep. as uh, I said my first engine I ever built was a Toyota 5K Corolla yep. uh, the whole build behind the car was to have what I couldn't have when I was 18 uh, so what right. I couldn't afford yep. I wanted now uh, yep. so it was built period specific to a, a P-plater of the 90s
0: how, I was gonna, how long ago did you buy the car itself uh, three years ago yeah, okay. I was yeah. going to say because if you tried to buy it now, you probably still couldn't afford no, it. No, no. There was
1: one popped up the other day, and I <laughs> thought about buying it, but I didn't. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I found it in Queensland. Um, it was. A, it's just a. It's just different. It's yeah. cool. I like it. Um, it's on the 13-inch wheels, and it's got yeah. yeah the mirrors on the guards, and yeah, it's just just something completely left filled with what I do. Everyone expected me to put an LS in it. Yeah, um, I would never ever put an LS in it. Um, I just wanted it. I wanted yeah that old school cool you know monster taco in there and you know everyone's got digital dashes now I wanted yep. the 5 inch monster taco and the gauges and yeah it's it's a grumpy annoying thing to drive yeah um, it's it's yeah it feels like you're running out of fuel before, below 5 grand because it's it's a pig but as soon as you get above <laughs> 5 to nine and a half, it, it just
0: sings so it goes all the way up to nine and a half grand
1: 9400 it stops dead flat we'll not go anymore right yep. so I, I I intend on building another engine for it eventually yep. um, once I get through the sort of yeah, we've always got a backlog of about seventy engines on the go at the workshop, so
0: yep. I can't see it happen anytime soon. <laughs> you but, um, you never slot it in there. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I do. I do want to build an engine that I can try and chase ten thousand rpm yeah. out of it, just pure because we can. Yeah. Yep. So was that that first engine that you built? So no. So I I built one when I was on my peas. Uh, obviously, grew out of Corollas, and I wrote that car off and. Gave up playing with cars for a hell of a long time, Um, and then yeah. So this was a a new motor that we sort of constructed over the last couple of years for it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, and that motor came from a forklift. Is that correct?
1: Yep. Yep. So I bought the I bought the block (laughs) uh, out of South Australia that was out of a forklift. So the five K Toyota is a um, so from factory that car's got a twelve hundred in it. Yeah. The five K is a fifteen hundred. So it either came out in a light Ace van or they had it in forklifts. Um, ironically enough, this one came out of a forklift. Um, I've bought another block in Queensland that, that I'm led to believe is out of a forklift too. Uh, it means nothing other than, it's a cool story to say it was a forklift motor. Yep. So there's, uh, there's
0: nothing in, in like the, the, the being a forklift block doesn't mean anything like, you know, like, no a, structure, like an LSI strong, like uh, truck block. Yep, or anything. Nothing, it's nothing no, like that. No, it just comes out of a forklift. Yeah,
1: just sounds that's cool. It yeah. <laughs> just say it's a forklift engine.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. No. So what have you done to that, to a 5K engine to get nine and a half thousand RPM. Uh, a
1: lot of cylinder head development. Yep. um, So it's it's a, obviously a factory block. It's still got a factory crank in it yep. um, that we've done a few bit of machining on. It's got a set of spool h beam rods in it. It's only got a, a hypertech piston in it. Um, spent a lot of time in the, in the oiling system of the, of the block and they've normally got a... a cam driven oil pump. Off. We got rid of all of that and it's got a belt driven single stage oil pump on it. Yeah. Um and then yeah, cylinder head work was was a hell of a lot of time. So there's over 50 hours worth of cylinder head porting. Yep. Um the cylinder head was, you know, I know when I was an apprentice there wasn't much available and that was, you know, I was an apprentice in the 90s, if I was an apprentice in the 70s or the 60s, there was nothing available for anything. Yep. So it was for me growing up in in the trade, it was normal for us to find something out of something else and make it work. Yep. Nowadays, it's not that's not normal for most people because they can get what they need. But yeah. when you start playing for old stuff, sometimes you just can't get what you need. Yep. So it was a matter of dragging out the catalogs and finding something that measured up close to here, there, and everywhere and made it work. So the cylinder head itself, still being a, a Toyota cylinder head, yep. but it's got Nissan TB48 stainless steel valves in it. Right. And then it's got a um, Lotus valve guide in it of, a, of an aftermarket brand, so a CHE yep. Lotus valve guide. And then it's got 2J retainers and collets in it and an RB26 GDR valve spring. Um, so it was just all the hyper stuff. Then it's got a small block shed aftermarket spring locator that we modified. And it's a hell of a lot of porting done to it. Yep. Um, Harlan and Sharp made me roll the rockers for it in America. Um, there was a, a theory many years ago that if you had a, a Corolla engine, you had a Mini engine. The guys with Minis wanted the Corolla rockers because uh, they were a high ratio. So a Mini was 1.35, I think it was. Uh, the Corolla is 1.5, so the cheater for minis was to put a Corolla rocker on it yep. and then give them more valve lift. So I looked at it in the reverse and thought, if they were putting rockers from a Corolla onto a mini, why can't I put a mini rocker on a Corolla? Because you can buy a lot of aftermarket stuff for mini engines, Yeah. and you can get a 1.6 and a 1.7 rocker ratio for it. And I tried it, but just it just wasn't quite right. So I rang the guys at Harlan Sharp and said, Hey, like this is what I want to do, and gave him some measurements. He's like, hang on a sec, I'll go and get my notepad out. And he came back and he's like, we've done this once before um, with all the measurements for right. And he goes, what rocket ratio you want? I'll make whatever you want. So, wow. you know, within a 10-minute phone call, I'd roll rockets on the way. No drawings had to be sent, no nothing. It was just like the easiest thing I've ever done.
0: Um,
1: so we've done a 1.65 <laughs> ratio. Um, the camshaft, we, we sent the camshaft to Kelford in New Zealand because we're their exclusive agent for the LS camshafts here in Australia. Yep. So we sent the camshaft over them and we came up with a pretty badass grind for it. Um, and then actually sent the rockers over when they arrived to them, so that they could set them up on a on a machine and do a moment of inertia, so we could work out the exact amount of outspring tension we needed to within a pound. Uh, so right. it was a fair bit of development done into that side of things that wow. that not many people would know. Normally, valve spring yeah. on some of that would just be a bit of a guess. Yeah. Um, so we did that, and yeah, like it's 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 bang on. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. so that's what that's where a lot of the money goes in headwork. Like a lot of people go, oh, it's simple. You know, you just put. Double row springs, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, you, know, yeah. Like you just yep. you just put all this upgrade stuff in, and yeah. it and it goes. Yeah, to actually pull the power you want, um, get get that rev range that you're after, and, and pull the power out of I guess your certain amount of like the, the, the or your power band within yep. the rev range. Yeah, yeah. To yep. pull that out, there's a lot of development. Oh, that goes yeah, into we it. we
1: had it on. We had the head on off our ben- our flow bench probably oh man i have to say 30 or 40 times yeah. so the, the head on my bench I think was like 85 horsepower when we first put it on yeah. and the head with the manifold is sitting at 197 horsepower So and we're close to that like it makes 140, 145.8 horsepower at the back wheels at the moment yeah. uh, which is standard Corolla makes about 35 horsepower at the back wheel somewhere around there so we've <laughs> we we're made massive gains yeah. a little bit more in it yet yeah. um, so it's sitting on about 180 at the flywheel um, and it's making, you know, pretty much I think it's like one point nine four horsepower per cubic inch. Yep. Now in V eight language, two horsepower per cubic inch is that's that's like a pretty serious engine. Yep. So we're we're making that with a seventies model pushrod, yeah, yep. forklift
0: slash commercial, you know, motor. Commercial, yeah. you
1: know <laughs> car motor. So um yeah, it's
0: it's pretty cool for, yep. for what it is, yeah. Well, yep. Awesome what have you had to do with the driveline have you had to upgrade <laughs> not much like uh,
1: so it's still only got a factory 5 speed gearbox in it yep. the diffs factory the tail shafts factory um, yep. mind you I don't drive it hard yep. I jump in it you know I'll drive it up the, the post office every now and again drop yep. some stuff at the mailbox Um, I'll pick my son up and we'll take it home or if he comes down to, my son works for me of, a, of an afternoon on a, on a laser
0: engraving machine that I bought I've seen um, I've seen that recently. Yeah, is yeah. that something new that he just picked up, or yeah? So
1: I wanted to do it um, just as a I guess a, another thing for presentation in the engine in our engine side yep. of things. Um, and I looked at it and I thought no one's doing this yet. Let's let's have a go. Yeah. Um, so I bought the machine and we were we were using another company called Platinum um, that do all the the Japanese RB26 and 2J stuff. Yep. And they're really good friends of ours, and we were they do a lot of our anodizing for us, and they were doing it for us. But I just wanted to be able to have in house control of what we did so I could use it for marking engine components and stuff. It's very hard for me to chuck a set of pistons in a in a box, send them up to them, get in a laser them, and send them back to me. Yeah. So that you know, I just need to buy this machine, have it in house, um, so that I can have total control over marking all our own components. So I know that when we build an engine our names over it all, not only external but internal as well. So we've got control over what we've done um so yeah we, we spoke to them and said listen i'm not we're not here to challenge the market it's here for it's here for our market um and yeah the boys were cool with it and they said like go for it um so yeah i bought the machine and i man i struggle to change the tv channel at home like, I'm, not, I'm not the smartest um when it comes to technology so yeah. my my 13 year old son stepped up and uh yeah he didn't know what a laser machine was until he saw it arrive at the workshop and um uh, yeah, he's self-taught himself how to use it. Awesome. Now he's turned it into a, into a business of his own. And he, uh, at 13 years old, he's exporting stuff to America already. Um, wow. So it's pretty wow. cool that he's getting to do you know, artwork and logos for American shops now. So yep. yeah, that's, um, yeah, I don't know how we got into that, but we did.
0: But, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's phenomenal. So, that's, that's really cool. So at 13 years old, he's sending parts to the US. Yep. yep. <laughs> that's really cool. And that goes into, um, I guess what you're saying before, you know, you, you're supplying these parts now for different companies. You yep. start to put their name on things as well. That's right, yeah. So, yeah.
1: you know, we're, our, our rocker cover, you know, the rocker covers we get made by, made in Queensland at Sean's Custom Outlook, they're exclusively our design. So we don't yep. deal with him and said, I want this as my cover. So, you know, we've got little teardrop diamonds on them to, to yep. add a bit of bling factor to them. Um, that's exclusively to us. Um, so we get ours done for our our Ooh. one. So I yep. will never sell, I want to never sell a War Speed rocker cover with our name on it unless we build the engine. Yep. And it's a bit of exclusivity to our customers. They know Ooh. that,
0: you know. They know what they're getting. Yeah, yeah. they know it's theirs, you know, it's yeah. our
1: signature series on it. They're, they're, it's got our name on it, it means we built it. Yep. I don't want to sell a set of rocket covers to a guy down the road and, you know, he puts them on a junkyard engine, it kicks the rods out and everyone stands around saying, hey, that's a War engine that blew up. Yeah. It's not our engine, it's, it's you know. Yeah. So that's why we've we've held on to our our name and we'll sell our covers on our engines, um, nine times out of 10 now. Like a couple of years ago we used to ask customers if they want to buy now it's our customers saying, I want the rock covers, I don't care what you do the engine, I want the rock covers. That's, <laughs> that's become the, the thing to have. Can um, you build my
0: motor so I can, so I can have those covers? Yeah, yeah. So,
1: and then now having the laser machine in-house has allowed us to be able to then obviously on-sell our covers with their name on it. So now we're yeah. getting guys, you know, the other engine shops that are saying, hey Troy, can you do our covers for us? Because for a CNC shop to recreate a logo, it's a lot of time-consuming work. Yeah. Whereas to use the laser machine, from what I can understand in my limited... Computer technology. Um, my son's only got to work with like a PDF or a JPEG or something like that, yep. and he and it he can convert it into the machine quite easily. But to convert to draw it for a CNC is a lot of time consuming. So now I say like even Sean now, if people are ringing Sean for rocket covers with their name on them he just get the rock covers he makes them for them, send them to me yep. my son will then do it for him and then on send them to the customer for him wow. so yeah because the, the turnaround time and the cost involved is yep. a lot cheaper too so yeah if you had to pay to get the drawing done in your artwork it might be two or three hours worth of work Whereas you know we, my son can do it within ten minutes and convert the logo over. Yep. So cost effectively, you know we can be getting a logo on a pair of covers for someone. You know it might be their number plate or their business or yep. their wife's name or whatever. For you know generally about eighty eight bucks for a pair of covers, whereas a billet set or CNC machine could be a couple hundred dollars because of the time involved in doing the logo. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's a, just another aspect of the business, and you know, it's cool to have my son hang out with me and and do stuff and. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, really cool. He doesn't have a a thing for engines, and but now that he's hanging around the shop a little bit more and doing stuff, I can see he's getting a bit more <laughs> of interest it comes, in it. Yeah. yeah, he's learning a little bit more, so it's yeah. it's cool to hang out with him and do that sort of thing. It's
0: one of those things. Like I, I used to hang out at an engine shop in Penrith, um, in my, my early sort of twenties, and that, and it was every afternoon we'd be yep. down there, you know, and um, it was the same sort of thing. Just just by being there, yeah, I, I caught on to, you know like the machining that they were doing. Um, and or just every sort of aspect of what it was that I was doing, I'd sort of just through being there, you know, you sort of just catch it, yeah, catch yeah. on, and go, oh, all right, well, that's what they're doing here, and that's what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. And before you know, it, you're like, I could probably do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you start thinking, like, well, I wouldn't mind doing this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For myself, I sort of put myself into a career path where I get paid a lot of money to do very little work. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's sort of where I got myself, and I'm like. Yeah, no, if, if it paid more, I'd probably do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd, yeah, I'd yeah, really yeah. like to get into it. And it was something I really really did consider for a while was getting into engine reconditioning because my mates were doing it, because we were hanging out there. But just that was something else that I had and something yeah. else that I knew. Yeah, another ticking um, thing, yeah. You know, watching, um, uh, watching uh, James, his name was, learn how to use well, the crank balancer. Yeah, and yeah. so this would um, be Jenkins. Yes. Yeah, so yep. Jenkins does all my machine work. Right? Okay, so yeah. I used to hang around when it was performance cylinder So when Farmer had James yep, Farmer. Yeah, yeah, yep. So I still um, speak to Farmer now. You do, so, yeah. Yep. yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we used to hang around there every afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And my mate worked there and that's sort of how I met James. But watching him, when they got that machine in, he was all over it. Yeah, yeah. So this is fifteen between 15 and 20 years yep, ago. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And he was on it. Whenever yep. there was something needed balancing, he was all over it. Yep, yep, yep. he so doesn't, he didn't know how it worked properly, but he was like, all right, I want to get into it. I want to learn how it works. Yep. And I want to, and Jamie just kind of stood back and went, all right, yeah, yeah, yep. yep. so. Yeah, I mean,
1: he's my number one trusted machine. It's like, right. James and I go yeah. back a long time, like even yeah. when I worked at other shops yeah. at times, and uh, you know, I, I was working for other engine shops. James was still doing my machining when I worked at other engine shops, because yeah, right. I trusted him more than yep. some of the shops I was working at. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: that's awesome. Yeah, small world. Um, yeah, so just, just sort of being around that world, you, you catch on. So I mean, it's probably not going to be too long before he's something. No, yeah. he want an engine. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my son's too smart
1: it. for this trade. Uh, he's a, he's a very smart kid. Yeah. Uh, full credit to his mum for that, not me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I don't want him to do this. Yeah. Uh, even when I was younger, my father would never put me on. He said, "I will not." Even if I wanted to be a mechanic, he was never going to employ me. Yeah. Uh, because if I if I uh, we mean him had a problem at work, we'd bring it home uh and then if you have a problem that's at home you true. take it to work so that's he's very like, true yeah. you can come work with me when you're when you're out of your apprenticeship but while you're a apprentice, you're not working with me yeah uh, and it would be the same with my son now like uh, i i need him to go elsewhere first yeah and get your teenage years out
0: yeah. of your system well that's right you know like if you're trying to pull him up on something that he's doing it's just because yeah. your dad yeah and goes and tells mom hard, and then i'm in trouble mom done, and oh yeah. yeah we don't need that yeah yep. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, it makes yeah sense.
0: yeah Awesome mate, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you, I um, appreciate it. Tell everybody where they can find you.
1: So best thing, social media because we don't advertise our address, um, yep. so we can get left alone. So yeah, obviously uh, Facebook, Instagram, or um, my personal pages. We we do tend to upload a little bit more on my personal page, yep. uh, which is to the public anyway. So yeah, either under Troy Worsley, Street Industries, or, or Warsweet Industries on social media, and
0: yeah, that's it. Yeah. Awesome mate, awesome, appreciate it. Thanks for joining. Me. It's been no worries, a pleasure. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at gutter 2 If you would also be so kind, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on your podcast platform of choice and let just one friend know about the podcast. These are great ways to help the podcast grow and reach more people. Hope you have a great week and look forward to the next one.